everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And we're in a, a section where we're talking about the seven deadly sins. And I have a round table happening here where each one of us wants to center in on one of those sins and how it can be destructive in your life. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. While most of us here are saying that this is our deadly sin, the reality is we invited Diana to come, not because this is her deadly sin, but because the majority of work she does has to do with the destructive nature of this sin. Uh, We're in a world today, not just our in the United States, but in a world today who by its very culture is very, very sexually driven. Uh, by the way, but not healthy sexually driven. The Bible talks about how health uh, sex can be amazingly a gift from God between a husband and a wife. Uh, and by the way, for single people to be motivated to get a husband or wife. Uh, but but there, it also can become very, very destructive. And Satan knows how to feed that. And we're in a world World today that I think is on steroids feeding that. And Diana has done work in trying to free people from sex trafficking, which by the way, my wife Pam has been to Thailand with Diana, and she said in all the world, she's never been to a darker place, a more evil place. So Diana, while this isn't necessarily your number one thing, talk about the destructive things you've seen happen because of it. I mean, I mean, I've, I've truly seen lust rip apart people's lives, families, men, women, children. It's absolutely, it is completely, completely destructive. And I, what I've seen is that um, lust always comes from a deeper rooted problem. It's never just something that like, okay, like I'm lusting and now I'm gonna go out and buy a bunch of prostitutes. It always stems from something else. And from what I've seen is it's always come from unresolved sin or unresolved trauma in a man's life from earlier. Women do deal with it as well. Women absolutely deal with it. And they also, it comes from something that's much deeper from something that happened when they were really young. And, um, and I have actually sat in brothels with men in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, sat with them, and they have just sat there pouring their complete hearts out, telling me I was sexually abused when I was five years old by my uncle. I was, um, I was beaten so badly when I was a kid by my dad. I'm like, you know, just, just so many, so many things, and that it honestly made me have sympathy for them, and that's not something that that a lot of people want to have for people who are going into red light districts, purposely going to pay for sex. That's not something that you want to have. You don't want to have sympathy for these people. But the second you know someone's story, the second you know what they've been through is the moment that you have compassion for them. And I really, really did have so much compassion because I myself came from um, a relationship where my ex-husband was wildly addicted to pornography. And I, that, I mean, I honestly truly still feel like it affects me today. We're in therapy now, okay, for therapy. I really still feel like it affects me till today. And it's a difficult thing to have to, um, it's a difficult thing to, I mean, I've been divorced now for 11 years um, from, someone who, from, from someone who was very, very addicted to something that, um, and it, his sin, like his sin of that, caused me so much trauma. He objectified you. Completely. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. He didn't love you, he objectified you. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and, and unfortunately, when that happens, that's where we're seeing all of the women in music and all of these actresses, they're acting the way they are now as a result of, oh, I'm getting attention from these men, they're objectifying me, so I now want to objectify myself. It's just a nasty cycle of it all. And um, in sitting with these men, it honestly made me have sympathy for my ex-husband. And in, in a way that I never, ever thought that I could. But um, 
Yeah, and the, these men are, they have a void inside of them. There's a void in their heart that they're trying to fill with stuff you can pay for. I mean, women do that with shopping. Women do that with, I mean, men and men and women both, I feel like, do that with food. You know, and it, specifically though here, I see men doing that so much with sex. They're turning it into a lustful thing where, as you said in the beginning, sex was meant to be a beautiful, intimate way of connecting with someone. It wasn't meant to be something disgusting as you know it's as it's turned into you know oh for sure and i think one of the the things that people don't realize one reason god actually warns us against allowing ourselves to have a mind filled with lust is we lose the ability for intimacy wouldn't that be true so true because it's the opposite you know, love is love and is what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Lust is what can you do for me? Exactly. And it's so dehumanized. What's dehumanizing. the word? I'm dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> dehumanizing. I got for, you. For women specifically because I'm not loving Diane as a person, her heart and her soul. I'm loving her body parts. And, and, and Diane wants to be connected on, on a soul level. And that's yeah. what God wants for us. Yes. And that's why lust is so evil because it moves us away from the actual thing, attribute that God wants is love. And unfortunately in our society, you know, pornography has become, has, has, art has become now the, the, the norm for bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is not, I mean, I, I, I educate people all the time that this is not what love is. Yeah. Wow. I had a man say one time, I love my wife when she's on her back and I can't stand her when she's standing. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I yeah. And I said, no, you don't love your wife, period. Period, oh. yeah. You know, type of thing. And, and so it, it's essentially, it's become so encased in our brain. And unfortunately, women, and, and I want to stereotype here, forgive me for that, then they buy into that and they want to be objectified thinking that that's the answer. And so you can see they're moving totally away from what God wants is to love right. the heart and the soul. Oh, yeah. Which instills just to that, that crazy cycle, right? Because the totally. woman thinks that that's what they're, how they're going to receive value. And the guy thinks that, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is working then. And this just, it right. continues. And you talked about God's design for it. It, I mean, it's all scientific. Like the Bible, the Bible backs this, like, you know, because it talks about, you talk about like oxytocin, like it's that, it's that drug that is released in your body. It releases, the, I think it's a hormone. I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist, but <laughs> done a little bit of research on it. And, but, but your soul becomes now sticky to the thing mm-hmm. that you look at as this right. is what love is supposed to be. Right. And where lust creeps in, I mean, the Bible talks about that if you, you know, commit lust in your heart, like yeah. you, you've already, you've done that. Like if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed it in your heart, like you're already there. And so you're already building that connection that God knew from the very beginning. And science, science wasn't what it was back when, you know, when Jesus was teaching this and all of this was being talked about. None, nobody knew all of that. Science is now like, is it's, putting its stamp of approval on what the Bible talks about and what Jesus talks about and the dangers of making sure that you're doing that. And I always remember being in high school and, you know, every guy, you know, uh, you, you, said that, you said this joke really, 99% of guys struggle with lust and the 1% that say they don't, they're liars. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, you think about going through some of that uh, when I was in high school, and I'll never forget somebody telling me this. Uh, it was one of my small group leaders. They said, um, you know, you think about a, living a lifetime of a lu- like not lusting for an entire lifetime. You think, that feels impossible. Feels impossible. Uh-huh, feels yeah, yeah. Like, I could never do that. You think about the thing that you struggle with, and um, he said, you don't need to worry about a lifetime. You just need to worry about, like, you just need to worry about today. today. Yes. Right just, go, just go win today. Right. And, and you think about how, like, on a microcosm, that's so much easier than thinking, well, gosh, I'm 37, and I, if, if, you know, I live a normal life, I've got another, you know, 40-plus years, and how much, it's going to be a difficult, but if you just look at it as just, right. just win today, yeah. it, it's, such a, it's such a battle, and it makes it 
makes it a little bit easier when right. you think about it in, in, in those kinds of terms. And that's actually something that I talk to whenever, because when I went to Thailand originally, it was to it was to reach the women. It was to reach women who were forced to sell themselves to be able to provide for their families. And um, But in the process, when we went in and started meeting all these men and recognizing all of these things that they're struggling with and, and things, and it, it, it's, a, it's just a whole unhealthy cycle for both for both situations for both yeah, people, yeah. and um, and just to, to to be able to to be there and sit with them and talk with them again, it's for them. It's night to night, it's night to night. And for, for and and I remember one time I was sitting with this man. He was he was from Norway, and he um, really nice guy, really nice nice looking guy, mid thirties, right? And I was in there with with another with I was in there with Kaylee and with a few other girls from a from a um, a training program that we were doing to help people. Um, recognize their gifts in fighting against trafficking. So we were sitting all together and it was, we were having a great time with these girls. And I noticed this guy and he had like four girls in his booth with him. And I'm like, what the heck? And he was a nice looking guy, right? Young. I go and I go and I was like, Hey, what are you doing here? And I was, this is the funniest. <laughs> I was actually wearing what, a disabilities like camp t-shirt from Crossroads. It was, yeah. And so I definitely did not fit in there. And so I sit in there and I was like, hi, what are you doing here? And he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, let me just tell you. And I told him wh why we were there. And, and he was like, that is amazing. And he goes on and on about, that's an awesome thing that you're doing. And I was like, great. So basically what I'm trying to say is we're stopping these women from going home with men like you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and it was a great conversation. And he's like, come on, they want to be here. Yeah. And I was like, look, look over that's there at the those. Lie. It is the lie. That's yes. The lie. Because I said, now look at those girls over there that are sitting off in the corner. Do you see any of those girls smiling? No. Now wait till a man walks over to them and then watch. Ooh, all of a sudden they turn it on because they're working. They're working. They're not actually attracted to you at all. And so he starts, and we start just getting into this whole thing. And then I said, um, he was a businessman. He flew in from, to Bangkok regularly for business. And then he always makes a trip to my city, to Pattaya, to visit these girls. And I said, it's like you're having this like weird relationship where you're coming back and visiting the same girls. Why don't you just have a girlfriend at home? And he was like, I don't have time for that. But I was like, but you make time. You're from Norway. You make time to fly to Thailand to come see these girls. Like, what's the difference here? It's just a different kind of commitment. And I, and, and I said, I said, do you feel like this is worth it, but having a girlfriend or a wife at home who loves you is not worth it? Maybe are you not worth that? And so, I mean, we got into this whole thing. And then, and then at the, finally, at the very end of it, he's like, well, I'm going to go now. I don't think I need to be here. <laughs> I was like, good. I'm really glad. And I gave him a hug. I gave him a hug and he left. And that, I'm telling you, those situations have happened so many times because where, where men, I feel like, are filling the voids in their heart with lust, they really want companionship. Yeah. They really want connection. I mean, they really want all those things. They, they, they crave it. They desire it. But they're, again, from what the world is telling them, they're, they're stuck thinking that those voids need to be filled with sex. And it's just, that's just, that's just not, that's just not the lie. way it is. It is the big, big lie. lie. The 1%. And it is, it, it's, it totally is the lie. That's yeah. the great, great danger of it all is because um, one lie would be that, you know, the idea that if I can gratify myself with these things, uh, either mentally, uh, by the way, which is very empty. I mean, very, very, it doesn't take long for that. It's, it's you know, like looking at food and not eating it. So what happens after right. a while is you realize there's nothing there and it creates that bigger and bigger void. Then it even gets worse if someone starts trying to use the sexual nature to gratify it. Because in the end, it does, that's not what gratifies. You're not, it's not what they're after, right? Never satiates. 
Yeah. It's insatiable. That's why they keep getting worse and worse and worse or more and more different or more or whatever. And it never satiates. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the big lie. You yeah, and that's how, and where, where pornography continues to take people down this ugly, nasty rabbit hole. Right. You start with something normal, with something normal, like a man and a woman. Then you're, that doesn't do it for you anymore. Right. You're constantly looking for the next thing that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna stimulate you. And then eventually, for a lot of men, it, they end up going to a city right. like I live in and paying for sex. They're wow. trying to live out their fantasies, their, 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 their fantasies in real life. Yeah. And um, I mean, and, that, and again, then that fuels the sex industry. That yeah. fuels sex trafficking. The porn industry fuels sex trafficking in such crazy ways that people don't even realize. But you said yourself too that, that he's already taking the time to go to the city and to see the same girls. Right. But it's a different amount of work to cultivate the intimacy in an actual relationship versus he's conditioned growing up with the, with pornography and all that for the instant gratification. Yeah. And so he'll go to the city to get that and spend the time doing that because that's what he's been conditioned for, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking. Oh, yeah. Yes, no, yeah. for sure. Spending the time and the work to cultivate an intimate relationship with well, someone consistently. With a person, yes, because it does. It takes a different kind of energy. You're mm -hmm. absolutely right. And, um, and and understanding that different kind of energy as opposed to just the money, which he's, he is using that energy to, to make that money in order to go pay for that. Yes, yes. So well, it is, it is. It's a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, you've probably seen in the ministry you do with young guys that this has been devastating for them. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I was just talking to a guy not too long ago. He, he came forward, I just happened to be in the living room on a Sunday, and he's just like, what do I need to do to grow closer to God? We start talking, and he t he's like, I have a porn addiction. And it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. I'm like, okay, first off, you can't do it on your own. Yeah. And he, he's been trying to do it on his own. I'm like, okay. The Holy Spirit needs to come and help you on this journey because it's going to be a journey for you. He's been doing it his entire life. And um, he would come weekly and be like, I did it this week. I was like, yeah. well, it wasn't you. It was, well, it was you and the Holy Spirit working together. And right. then he got like three days in. And he's like, I failed. And I'm like, that's okay. Keep your head up. You're, you're on this journey. And, uh, but I think it's those, like what Craig Rochelle said, just taking day it day, day by day. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's massive, but it's also work. Mm -hmm. You right. need to say, hey, I want to overcome this addiction, and I got to put in the work to do that, so not just, yeah. I want to overcome this addiction, and I'm going to overcome it. Willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. Sure. yeah. And, I mean, it's, and it's such a, there's so much deception there, because this sin, this sin feels like it, it has a different stigma to it than any of the other totally. sins that... You feel you feel a tension, like us sitting around this table. Yeah. We, we start talking about this, and all of a sudden, there's this tension because there's this stigma, and the enemy wants every single person that struggles with lust to think that you are the only person yeah. that struggles right. with lust. Right. Nobody else would yeah. be as sick or demented as you are to struggle with that, and that's such a lie from the enemy. And he wants to isolate you because you nailed it. You can't you can't fight this alone. Yeah, like that's you, right. You have to have accountability. Yeah. You have to have people that are going to be willing to to hold you accountable. And that, yeah. if you don't have that, you will forever deal with that shame and yeah. that isolation. Yeah. And that'll, that'll forever be a struggle until you're willing to admit, I need help and I need people around me to help me. Yeah. Help that's, myself. that's actually a good, a good 
question I actually have for you is talking about the addiction of porn. How does, I mean, it could, I mean, what it stimulates in your mind is similar to what drugs do. Mm -hmm. But oh, I feel yeah. like, I mean, how does, I mean, as far as overcoming an addiction to porn, where it's literally just lives in your brain, whereas a drug, you can walk away from a drug, you know? I mean, it's very difficult, it's very hard, but like, how do those two correlate? Yeah, very much so, because the brain, you're right, the, the oxycodone, uh, which is the, called the cuddle hormone, yep. you, <laughs> the, you know, the norepinephrine and the dopamine that's stimulated, because you literally get a high in, yeah. by looking at pornography right. and lusting in general. It's a, it's a high, and it could be not no material there. You could be thinking, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. So it is self fulfilling it and it does stimulate that way and you're so right that you you cannot do it alone yeah. and so what you do is you through times of getting away from it and of course you know sin is what happens when the heart is not satisfied with God we find satisfaction in God and we invite the Holy Spirit and we fall in love with the Holy Spirit we move ourselves away from it but it is a day-to-day -day. Yeah. it's not you know like oh I'm gonna be it's today right now I want to honor every woman at this table yeah. I would have go home and I would have not lust after my wife even. I mean, let's get really personal. Yeah. You know, as far as I would have loved my wife, not wow. lust after her. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense which it's a mindset that God gives us to be able to, as being filled with the Holy Spirit, to see someone for who they are, the beauty mm -hmm. of what God wants us to see. Mm -hmm. This is per someone I love. And lust is, is so evil because it takes us at the opposite and it makes it all about me and how I'm going to feel. So we literally are dying to ourselves right. with lust. And saying, it's not about me anymore. It's about me honoring what God wants me to honor and honoring that person. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And so it is, it is that process because you are, and it is difficult because it's, it's a secret sin. Because mm -hmm. I could be sitting right here now and lusting, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Known to know it, yep. you know? Yep. And, yeah. and I also think, I want to add this, like we're talking about, a lot of people deal with this sin. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you were saying with that guy, you got to know his story. You got yes. to talk to him. And I think we as believers, when someone opens up to us and they're like, hey, I struggle with lust, instead of being like, oh my goodness, you struggle with lust. It's like, how can we get to know their story right, and exactly. listen to them and come alongside the journey with them instead of like, that's, yeah. that's your thing. You go do that. I'm, 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 I'm doing my own thing I'll over here. Thing, yeah. um, but I think mm -hmm. as followers of Jesus, man, how many people could we get away from that industry if we just get to know their story? Yeah and we walk alongside them, I mean, it's, yeah. it's gonna take work. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, instead sure. of just them keeping it alone in the dark, isolated by yeah. themselves, right. it's like, I have accountability. I have somebody that's gonna, every time I get on a website, they're gonna get notified. Yes. And I'm gonna hold them accountable yep. and have maybe an awkward conversation with them. Like, hey, yeah. you've on all these websites, what's going on? Yeah. But there's this conversation that you could have. And it starts, I believe, with getting to know their story, talking to them, and then diving deeper into the root of, what it of all course, is. and like looking at someone physically in that way, like we're sitting in a brothel. Obviously, yes. I know why he's yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very clear. Yeah. You know, but again, are good there, right? yeah, they're, oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> It's the hot wings. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right? So, but no I'm, pun intended. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Nancy>. <laughs> no, my wrath is about to come out. <laughs> No, but when, but when you're sitting there, you obviously know why they're there. Like this, yeah. like I'm there. They obviously he knows why I'm there. I'm wearing a church T-shirt, obviously, <laughs> so they know why I'm there. He know, and I know why he's there. So in that moment, for a moment, it's public. 
yeah. you know, for yeah. that moment. Yep. But then again, <clears throat> but to sit down with him and because I feel like that happens constantly. Like we, we've seen it in front of abortion clinics where people be like, you're going to hell. That's it. It's like, what in the world? You think that's going to bring someone right. back? Right. Yeah. You think that's going to bring someone? Yeah, and it's the same. If I were to sit down with the Bible and be like, look what you've done. Look what you're doing. Look how you're exploiting these women. Do you think, oh my God, I'd probably get kicked out of there. There's no way. And you know what? By sitting down and having that conversation and it took time, it took a lot of energy. Right. But to sit down and have an hour-long conversation with this guy, and I hugged him goodbye, and he left, and he didn't exploit a woman that night. Wow. That one night, he yeah. didn't exploit a woman, and I gave him yeah. a lot to think about. Yeah. Okay, and so, but again, and it does, and it comes, and it was that was just me for one night. Now imagine someone coming in, like you said, someone coming in with this addiction, someone coming in with this with this struggle, saying, "I need help, and I want help." Those are the kind of people that you get to walk through, yeah. and and. Years from now, they get to go walk through that with someone else. Yes, sure, sure. You know? Which brings us to the end of this, I think, passionate conversation in a good way. But let me say this. One of the other big lies is you can't win this battle. Now, I'm not saying the battle's over, not ever over. By the way, for men and women, uh, we slanted it a little more to men today, but truly women struggle with it too. But the reality is it's winnable. God would not call you to something you could not be successful at. And if you didn't catch it, David actually gave you the key, uh, which will be digging into on the weekend message. There is a way to win this battle on a daily basis and to walk in purity. And to be honest, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. So make sure you don't miss the weekend message as we talk about how God can take the, the sin, the deadly sin of lust and move it, move it into the virtue of chastity, which by the way, is a word most of us don't even understand anymore because <laughs> yeah. our culture's lost that. But anyway, we will see you next week. When we dig into one of the next of the seven deadly sins.